Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. James, your thoughts on WrestleMania's night one and two? No. Okay. Well, James Hammond, the Insiders, joins us. You can catch him uh, every day here at 10 o'clock. Of course, you can catch him over on the Kings Beat podcast. As well, James, as you are well aware, vibes are high. Yeah, man. Uh, Kings got a really meaningful victory last night. Not that the one against San Antonio wasn't. Not that the one against Denver wasn't. But you 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 throw these together. You got a a, a tough LA team in LA, uh, a Clippers team that you hadn't beat, and they went out. And James, you tell me if I'm wrong. It feels like the Kings went out there and won it on the defensive end. Yeah, as short as what it looked like. They were really, really strong on the defensive end. I think we're starting to see a new trend, and that is whether the team hits their opponents hit three-point shots or not, they're taking fewer and fewer. Mm -hmm. And that tells you that they're closing out better, that they're getting in people's faces, that they're actually listening to the basic tenets of their defense, following through. And I think we're starting to see that if you keep doing that, they're going to take fewer and fewer, but then they're going to start hitting less and less too. Mm. Uh, you know, look at the three-point shots that Norman Powell hit last uh, last night. Like a handful of them were really, really tough contested shots. Sure, he had a couple of open ones, which Bob Myers told us about. Uh, also, that that was uh, the best three-point shooting team against the worst defensive three-point. You don't I, say. Did you hear that? I'm not sure. I, if you I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I knew that. I don't know how the Kings won still. That can't well, happen with those type of stats. It's because all they do is run their offense through Sabonis, who somehow magically comes up with assists that don't matter as much as someone else who would come up with assists. James, are you aware in your time covering the Kings that the Kings lost to the Pistons? Yes, I, I was aware. <laughs> I was made aware of that you know that repeatedly night when, I, when I watched it. Yeah, even live. even were you made aware of it last night as you were watching the Kings play the Clippers? The fact that the Kings lost to the Pistons because Bob brought it up at the beginning of the game. So this is the problem with the Kings. They're inconsistent. And then after the Kings beat the Clippers, he brought it up again for reasons known to no one other than Bob Myers. So bizarre. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure about that one. And, I, you know, like, look, whatever it was that they're trying to do there, it didn't work. He just wasn't prepared to, to call a game. And maybe he'll be better next time. Maybe he won't get another mm -hmm. shot at calling a game. But... I thought his lack of preparedness was just right there in front of you. 
and I, I don't know. It, it's he got caught in a loop saying the same thing again and again, oh. and not only that, but you you have to call it straight up. Like mm-hmm. if you're a national commentator, you should be calling the game fair, and you shouldn't get to like the fourth quarter when the Kings pulled De'Aaron Fox and you're freaking out. Where are they going to get their offense from <laughs> now? Where is it coming from? It's like he, it's, it's like he had no Malik Monk didn't just destroy your Golden State Warriors all throughout the playoffs last year. Like you don't know who that guy is. Mm. What about the guy who only gets assists because you run the ball through him? Who's averaging 20 again? Well, he just hands the ball off. James. I, I guess. He, I just, guess. he just hands it to Kevin Herter. I mean, well, how I've, hard is that? And I've never, ever in my, all my years covering a game seen an assist given to somebody who throws an outlet pass to a breakaway for a breakaway dunk. I, I don't know. know. That, that's, that's more of a hockey assist. There was nobody else there that got the ball aside from Fox, but somehow that's supposed to be a hockey assist. A hockey assist has to hit someone else and <laughs> then the guy who scores the, like, I, I mean, know. it was. For a smart I, guy, Bob. Bob was tough on the mic. He had a terrible night. And the reason why I know me in particular are so is so um harsh on a guy like Bob Myers is because this is this is your job. And you are paid handsomely to do your job and do it well. And you have a responsibility to be informative to the viewers. Because if if you don't, anybody could do that job. Yeah. Anybody could do that job. If you're if you're not gonna take it seriously, do your homework or whatever, you don't have to like the Kings or anything like that. Like that's 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 neither here nor there. We're talking about bare basic stuff of knowing who the players are, knowing the personnel, um, knowing what the hell an assist is, which I know Bob Myers knows what an assist is. But I don't know. Was it personal where you're trying to I don't know what the deal is. You get paid too much money, your responsibility is too high. For you to be that incompetent in 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 that game last night, no one should turn off a national broadcast or turn it to the local broadcast because the broadcaster isn't knowledgeable enough. That's just no one should have to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know how, how else to say it. Like if you didn't come ready to to call the game, then you know just say it right up front or like have a few other outs. Think about the game while you're watching it. Mm-hmm. React to the game while you're watching it. Don't just like try to pull up some canned stuff or have someone telling you in your ear, "Hey, we need you to talk." Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, I, I just thought you know it was tough. It was tough sledding. Well, look, we people talk about Reggie all the time, but that's almost what Reggie did. Like we could say Reggie didn't watch the Kings at all. If that was his first or second time watching during the game, in the process of the game, he's like, "Yo, you see what this guy Sabonis is doing." How is he not an all-star? He just hit a Euro. Yo, this guy's a problem. Like you can say he didn't he had never seen the Kings, and that may well be true. But when he actually saw them, he was like, yo, this guy, hey, he's pretty good. Like he's really good. You mean to tell me there's twelve better players in the Western Conference than him? Like, and Bob Myers was just like, ah, well, that assist, all he did was hand it off to Herder. I mean, it's not that's an assist, but it's like, ah. Yeah, he like also what? set a good screen and cleared space and opened up the entire – it was not a screen assist. He handed the ball off. It's a DHO. It's like a rudimentary play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where my disappointment was. And, like, for him to act like he really hadn't watched the Kings before, 
like the Kings played the Warriors the second to the last <laughs> game of the season last year, and then they had a seven-game series against them in the playoffs. Even if he was gone before they played twice in preseason and three times in the first ten games of the year and didn't watch that, I, you know he did because he's a Warriors guy. You know he did. Yeah. So for, for him to act like he doesn't know how they're going to find their scoring, I mean, Harrison Barnes had 22 points. You know, Kevin Herter had 15 like, they have scores all over the place. He was literally which, at game one where Monk lit him up for 33. Yeah, he was yeah. there. We've got footage of him in the stands getting the cowbell rung into his ears. <laughs> you were there. Forgot about that. Which <laughs> speaks to why we can just ignore Bob Myers for the next hour and focus on Sacramento. And this conversation started with what the Kings did on the defensive end. And... Kenny brought this up earlier, and I think he's 100% right. You mentioned Harrison. I thought Harrison was terrific on the defensive end. I thought Keegan Murray was really good on the defensive end. I think Davion Mitchell continues to play really good ball. But, James, it felt like De'Aaron took the initiative last night to be the guy on the defensive end for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I love when he got angry, he just plays at a different speed. And he plays with a different physicality. That moment where... Mm -hmm. Uh, James Harden kept trying to slam into him and he kept taking the hit and then Harden did it again and did it again and then he goes to do it again and, and Fox just swipes the ball and knocks it off his hand and out of bounds. It's just one of those moments where you're watching a guy who who knows how to play defense. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's not always, the, the switch isn't always hit, that's on him. And But when he does decide he's going to dominate on that end of the court, he's excellent. And I think that that's where we're going to see in the second half is if this team is going to make a run, if they're going to actually not just, you know, compete for the seven or eight spot, but actually try to get back into the top four, which they have potential to do, especially after beating the Clippers last night. You know, he's got to be that player each and every night. And we've seen some inconsistencies from his play this year, the long stretch where he's averaging about 21 points a game. But if this is a player he's going to be in the second half, this team's got a shot, not just to, not just to you know make it to the play-in or to make it to the first round. They got a shot to actually make it to the second round and and cause a little bit of uh, noise. It seems like he understands the situation. He understands what time of year it is, uh, really based off maybe experience going through it one time. Then, look, we I'm not saying this is what he did, but you know we joke about Trey Young. Talking about man, a regular season's just just boring. Maybe I I don't know how he could feel that way, but maybe after having that high of being a Madison Square Garden, getting to the conference finals that year, and being in the playoffs to start the season in November, it it's not out of the realm of possibility. It was like man, this is this is not the same. Like this is this is a little different. You can get into these lows in the regular season where it's just moving slow, and some of these guys. They feed off the intensity of high-level, high-competitive, high-stakes basketball. And maybe De'Aaron's one of those guys. You know, early in the season he was dominating, and then he had the lull, whether he was hurt or whatever was going on. But now it's big-time basketball now. It is basically an extend, a playoff season at this point because of how the standings are in the Western Conference. And he may be energized by that. And – I think he understands what time of year it is. I think he's ready to step his game up to this level that we've seen really since the Phoenix game 
for the rest of the season? I think if you want to be great and you want the accolades, which I, I don't really know if De'Aaron wants the accolades. He says he doesn't, and, and I, I believe him. But either way, if you want to be great, you got to find a way to, to actually show up, though, in January and in February mm-hmm. and make sure that your team is in a position to go and make some noise. Because things like home court advantage in the playoffs, it actually matters. Mm-hmm. And, and you need to figure out a way to to push your team towards that. You can't have letdown games like, you know, again, what you talk about, like playing to the co- level of competition. You can't have those games against, I mean, maybe once a season, twice a season, you can have that, but you can't start stacking them up where we can pull like five or six games out of, the, like right off the top of our head where they just didn't show up against bad teams. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, I think Fox, like the next evolution of him is realizing that, I don't think you have to be a star or superstar for, for 82 games. But what you do have to do is you have to bring a certain level of intensity that doesn't allow your team to let down. You shouldn't have to be a superstar against the Detroit Pistons to beat them. But what you have to be is is a player who leads and drives what's happening and pushes a team into a position where they can win. Mm-hmm. And there, there are plenty of games this season where we call and say, Okay, what was this 14 points? What was this 11 points? What was this where you didn't look like you had it? And I guess, you know, sometimes you're tired, sometimes you're sore, all that stuff. But that's why the Kings are in the situation they're in right now because they have zero for error and they have to win, win, win all the way down the stretch because they didn't have moments where they just, you know, really just showed up and beat somebody. And I hope that that's part of the learning of this season. It's okay to not, you know, for, for a team to win 61 year and then realize that winning 60 or 62 gets too much out of you and then you need to tone it back and win like 56 or seven, but that's not who it was yet. Mm-hmm. And they, it's almost like they're mentally a step and thinking that they can just walk in and beat teams on a nightly basis. Hopefully that's not what we see in the second half. Cause that's not what we saw last night. Last night was one of the best performances of the season. In my opinion, I still think the Denver game was impressive because the one for the yes. break the game before. yeah because of the back-to-back because of a tough loss against Phoenix, because of the travel um and then going up against the champs who you'd already beat twice so you knew they they wanted to, to get you in a game no one way in a game no one wanted to play you showed up and and you couldn't shoot you couldn't all these things but you played with the right energy and the right four came up with a win that to me was like such a gritty gutsy win but i also it started for me with the Phoenix game where I started to see this team had turned a corner and they were looking at the game differently and they were taking things more serious. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe they're trying not to peak too early. Maybe they're trying to peak at the right time and play their best best basketball down the stretch. But it's a dangerous game to play when you're not a surefire playoff team every year. How much of what we saw last night, because we could praise De'Aaron, and of course we'll talk more about DeMontis Simonis and praise him and what they did defensively, but they did something that Kenny and I were talking about last week that the three of us were talking about last week, and it's like, you know, you, you mentioned the Phoenix game where I think that was the game that it was 40, 30, and 20 from a league. It was 90 points from those guys, and they scored 125, but it, they couldn't get enough from everybody else to win. Felt like last night, you know, you had that big performance from Harrison Barnes. Like Keegan was, Keegan was fine. Thought he was really impactful on the defensive end, but offensively, like he was fine. Herder was good. You got you got enough from those guys to sustain a team. 
you know, as 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 well oiled as the Clippers. And if we, we could talk about De'Aaron being the head of the snake and the key to this whole thing. And the Kings go as De'Aaron goes. I don't doubt or question or disagree with any of that. But when you get performances like you got from Harrison Keegan and Kevin Herter, I feel like that goes a long way and wins against teams like the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, I mean, you have to beat them as a collective. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're walking out there with four first ballot Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you go to play them, you have to bring your A game. And they've been really good. I mean, yeah. but then they didn't look good at all. Like, uh, James Harden as a second scorer just does not look like he's capable of that anymore. I mean, Paul George, you know, of course, didn't play. But if Paul George is there, then James Harden as a third scorer might be fine. Mm-hmm. But when he's got to be a primary, it doesn't look like he's still got the fastball. Uh, you know, I, I might be wrong, and there might be a game in the playoffs where he goes off for 30-something. Well, there'll be games. There's definitely been games this year. There'll be games in the playoffs. Yeah. that, But he'll. that's what it'll be, though. It'll be games. It'll be like one. Yeah. It'll be two uh, here and there. Like, he's – and it was defense, I guess. It's not his role. Like, his 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 role is to kind of let Kawhi and, and Paul George do their thing, and then if he has to pick up for one of those guys, I think he's done a really good job of doing that. I think Russell Westbrook has done the same thing as well. But to your point, James, when you enter as, okay, Paul's out, now the Kings know that's – we got to lock we, – we had to lock in on this guy before. But now with Paul George gone, we have a defender who's not guarding Paul George. Yeah. And – and and that for a lot last night was De'Aaron. He made life really, really frustrating for, for 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 James Harden. So I think last night is a combo of you know James stepping into a role that he hadn't had a lot this year, and two the Kings recognizing, hey James is stepping into a different role. <laughs> Lock his ass up. Yeah, and De'Aaron deserves a lot of credit for that. I, I totally agree. I'd also say that both him and Westbrook, like they can still put up numbers, but it's not the same. But, and and also, their expectations for how they should be revered by the officials is very odd to watch. Because you saw, like, Russell Westbrook just, like, yelling at the official that about the way that Davion Mitchell was guarding him. He just didn't like it. And you saw James Harden, like, begging for foul after foul, like, what are we doing here? Like, I'm James Harden. And he got a lot of them. It's like, look, yeah, he went to ten, 10 times? 10 free throws. But at the same time, he wanted another, like, six. So my point, though, is that it's almost like they're holding on a little bit to their former glory, and Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard are still great and are still lifting that team up. But when you don't have both of them, that's a much different-looking team. Yeah. And, like, look, how big is that game? I mean, if they win that game, if the Clippers win that game, the Pacific Division is over. They've they've walked away with the Pacific. They, they're up 3-0 on the Kings. They're up. Like six games in the loss column, uh, six games in the loss column, six games overall on the Kings. The Pacific is over, and it's not like divisions matter a ton, but they do matter. They are part of the the calculus, and so to let a team sort of off the mat like the Clippers did last night, and for the Kings to go and take a game against a team that they couldn't even compete with two months ago, I mean, not even remotely compete with. I think it was a good sign for the Kings and a good sign for what we're going to see here in the second half. Yeah, I think they're ready, man. I think they're ready. I think they're ready for the stretch run. I think they, much like I said with De'Aaron, I think they understand what this time of year means. And we talked about it on Friday. 
where you know last year was this big ramp up and this, the the league was gonna you know really start taking things seriously after the All Star break and we talked about that and all this other stuff and that wasn't wrong. The thing that wasn't accounted for was that the Kings were also going to step their game up during that uh, post All Star break situation, and it feels like same thing might be going on this year. They just two games going into the All Star break and the two games since the All-Star break. There's a different level of focus, intensity on both sides of the ball with this team. I think they're ready uh, to make a to make a really nice run. Yeah, I mean, you hope so. But I think the one thing that we know about this team this season is that there are no guarantees for who's going to show up the next night. And that's something that they have to fix, that they have to show us that that's not who they are still. And, I mean, it starts with a game like tonight. Yeah. Where you're going against a Miami Heat team that, I mean, they have nobody. Like Terry Rozier is out, Tyler Hero's out. Like, like it's going to be Josh Bam- Richardson who killed them the last time they played. Jimmy Butler who killed them the last time. Like all of their scores are out. So are you going to let Bam Adebayo and Jaime Jaquez come in and you know and beat you? Are you going to leave Duncan Robinson open and let him like kill you from the three point line? Are you going to let? Uh, Kevin Love slow you down and take away part of like what who Demonis Sabonis is like that's where this team has to show and it's crazy because look we we looked at the schedule like during the all-star break coming out of it you're like the first five games you know you you got to beat the Spurs everyone knows that but the next four games you'll be lucky if you split but probably you're not going to split like you're probably going one and three your hope is that you can escape this first five games set at least with three wins. You're hoping for three wins and hoping that it's not two, right? And it could even be less. But here they are two games into that five-game stretch. They already have two wins. Now get greedy. Go beat a Miami Heat team. Then go figure out a way to split between Denver and Minnesota or, heaven forbid, beat them both. That's that's what you have to be. If you're the Kings and you put yourself in this situation where – you know, one loss will drop you right back down to the seventh spot. Then that's it. It is what it is. You got to go play, and and so I, I'm excited to see how they respond because last season during yeah, this don't time, lose tonight. Yeah, no. like the, the the Denver Minnesota stuff. Like that's right. yeah, that's the ebbs and flows of the season. Like Win you you, you and I think if they beat Denver, I'll have to check the rule book. Jesse, look this up. I think if you beat Denver, the Kings become the champions. Sounds about right. What's like that if, you, if you beat them, four zero. This whatever the, championship. The lineal championship. Len, yeah, lineal. We used to call it the linear championship. Because it would just go from one to the other to the yeah. other to the other to the other. But that's not what I mean. I mean, if you beat them four times, you don't you don't get the trophy anymore. Those no. are, I'll have to check that. We'll look we'll look it up. Jesse Kings gave me the take thumbs the up. Trophy. He, yeah, you get to take the Larry O'Brien the Larry home. That's O'Brien. that's what I heard. Um but like th- that's Denver. This is the defending champions. This is Minnesota. This is the top team in the Western Conference. Don't lose tonight. You, you, as as uh, uh, I think Matt George said, you've given up all your oopsies. Yeah, he said that leading into the over. San Antonio, like you, you, you gave all of those up. Yep. You got a you, you've got a team that's marching out. God knows who tonight, and we've seen this, and that's and that's why every Kings fan is cautiously, you know, waiting for seven o'clock to get here because isn't what Memphis is already a bad basketball team. Didn't we get some weird version of the Memphis Grizzlies? Yeah, mm-hmm. the one where they, yeah, the the Kings just couldn't, they couldn't really score that game. And the actually, Kings won, mm-hmm. but 
not the way everybody wanted him to. I don't care that's about that I, anymore. Yeah, I was about to say, that's the one I don't care. They went by 22 or two. Yeah. I don't win. care. Yeah. yeah. I will be. They went by two t- uh, tonight against Miami. I will be but, happy KC tomorrow on the radio. No doubt. But the point was you put yourself in a position where you could have lost that game. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing Kings fans are worried about tonight is you got a very arguably the best coach team in the entire league mm-hmm. walking into the building tonight. You're coming off the second night of a back-to-back. You had the fight with the Clippers last night. They literally fought with the Pelicans a couple of days ago, and you don't really know what you're going to get tonight And look from them. The, you said it about Coach Bowen being the best coach team. They're going to come ready to play. Whoever they have out there, they're going to be ready to play at the start. Now, you can beat that out of them, you know, if you're up by 25 in the third quarter mm-hmm. or something like that. They may just say, hey, we don't have – we didn't have our guys tonight and move on. But you're not going to get a team out the gate that is just like, well, we're not going to be here to compete. Like, they're going to come ready to play. And if you give them a reason to believe, you'll be in for a tougher game than maybe you, you'd want. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Don't give them a, any any breathing room at all. Just take it to them early, in the game early. Make them feel like, you know, like you're the one in control. Uh, push your tempo. The good thing about a game like tonight, they don't have a single player that you got to double team. And if they do, it's probably Bam, and that would be that Bam is going crazy. Outside of that, you can play it straight up where they still have to figure out things like – how are they going to defend Sabonis? How are they going to f- defend Fox? With a team like this, they don't really have like a motor to drive them. Like mm-hmm. y- you got to worry about Delon Wright. Okay, I mean that's that's kind of like Delon Wright, Bam Adebayo, Jaime Jaquez. Don't like you can play almost every single one of these guys straight up. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't get beat by some crazy switching or some some crazy inventive offense. They've had no time to be creative and build something out for a game where they would be lacking like all of their their four or five top scores outside of Adebayo. Uh, 29 assists for the Kings last night. We've talked about uh, Harrison. We've talked about the other starters. We talked about De'Aaron Fox. We should probably talk about DeMontis Sabonis. Hammer in this incredible season that he's having continues uh, another triple-double for him last night, the 20th triple-double. I don't. What number are we at with double doubles? Have we hit forty yet? Uh, he's at thirty nine straight, and he's at fifty one out of fifty five games, mm. or is it fifty six now? And I think Will had the stat late last week. He's had a double double in like eighty one point five percent of his games as a Sacramento King. <laughs> I mean, it's something else, man. He 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 really is, and it and and I wonder, James, like, is he? He's certainly underappreciated nationally. Is he underappreciated locally? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think like we make sure that we give props to him every day on the show, every after every game. I mean, because it's every game that he's phenomenal. You guys do the same thing. I mean, I, I think around the team, you're you're still getting like a lot of people in, in Sacramento are still, you know, sort of driving that that train, the the I don't know. I mean, he should be an MVP candidate, mm-hmm. like De'Aaron Fox said, realistically. Mm-hmm. I mean, the consistency in which he plays with is something that I've never seen. Because we're not, like, talking about he's, like, consistently really good. He is great every single night. 
and and seeing someone who who's figured that out i mean how he's he's almost averaging a triple double on the season he's pushing towards that hmm. right i mean how do you lead the league in rebounds and you're fifth in the league in assists and oh, you're averaging 20 points a night shooting 62% from the field and 42% from 3 like there every every player has a weakness i don't care that he doesn't block shots like there's a lot of players that don't block shots a lot of big men that don't block shots. There are seven foot two guys who can't block a shot. Someone on the television, I won't say who, was really bothered by that. By the fact that he can't block shots. Yeah. Yeah. But he also came from a team where, while he had all all NBA defensive player, that guy doesn't block shots either. Neither did his starting center, Kevon Looney. Well, I said I wasn't going to say. I'm that. just saying. Oh, I didn't mention him either. I didn't mention him either. I'm just saying. Like, how are you being hard on Demonte Sabonis when he, your team did the same thing? You know, you you about a guy who got assists because you ran the ball through him. I mean, Draymond Green had the luxury of having the two greatest shooters in the history of the game surrounding him for him to pass to for his entire career. So I I just you know again I don't I don't get the comparison stuff, but like this is one of those things where we're watching a player who, if this is who he is, he's seven. Yeah. Like if this is who he is for the next four or five years. I mean, the Kings are a perennial, perennial all-star, I mean, a playoff team, but also they have an opportunity to become a contender. They're like one or two players away from being a legitimate contender. And I'll push back a little bit on Bob Schmeier's uh, assessment that they run everything through him. They run the offense a lot through him, but there's also another guy named De'Aaron Fox there who has the ball, who is averaging – 26 points a game, and he's not getting it off Sabonis' dribble handoffs. So for him to be able to put up the numbers that he has, they're doing stuff outside of just Sabonis running the offense through him. He makes the most out of a lot of his possessions. It's not he has he has the ball in his hand in every possession. It's when he does have it, they're usually getting good shots, they're getting good movement, and he's able to find guys. But they don't they don't run everything through him all the time because they got De'Aaron Fox there. To your point, okay, so first of all, the Kings have two other uh players with five assists who average five assists a game or more, and Fox and Monk. But Demonis Sabonis' usage rate is twenty two percent. That's like not even like Buddy Heald when he was with the Kings was at like twenty four to twenty five. Like he's not dribbling the air out of the ball or anything. He's orchestrating. He's orchestrating one of the greatest offenses. Well, last year was the greatest offense the NBA had ever seen, statistically speaking. Mm-hmm. This year, they're down a little bit, but really not that much. You know, they they really aren't that far off. They're up to like their, I think their offensive rating is 117 versus like 118.2 last year. Mm-hmm. They have an opportunity to be that team. But the fact that he's doing all of this with a usage that's so low, I mean, De'Aaron Fox, his usage is 31%. I, I mean, Malik Monk has a higher usage than Demonis Sabonis. And the fact that you're able to get as much as you are out of a player without him just being like a guy who dribbles and dribbles and dribbles and dribbles, it's it's really remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. This Kings team is rolling now. Uh, three straight, going back to that Denver game before uh, the All Star break. We can, you know, debate like the 
the overall body of work. We could debate what all of this means, but I think one thing uh, Kings fans should feel good about, and you know, hopefully th- th- this is this is now a game that they should win. Second night of a back-to-back or not, you've got to beat Miami. You now, for the second straight season, are coming out of this all-star break looking really, really strong. We saw it how it ended for them last year. This is an entirely different season. But if you wanted to gain confidence in something, gain confidence in now we're seeing for the second straight year, they seem to be hyper-focused here coming out of the All-Star break and are playing their best basketball of the season. Yeah, I mean, you got to peak at the right time. You know, it doesn't help if you're the best team in basketball in December. I mean, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, You know, like the end-season tournament means nothing in the grand scheme. It it means nothing. So, like, if you're not good after the All-Star break, that's when the, the playoffs are really won and lost. It's right here. And we saw saw it last season when, like, I didn't think that they'd be able to respond the way that they did in the second half. I thought, okay, like, look, they've got a shot because, and I, I thought that they would be a playoff team, but I also thought that they would fall, like, down to number six or something. Like, that's where it kind of looked like they were heading. And then, boom, they respond, and then they're spectacular. I mean, if they can pull that off again, then we're going to see, like, a much different team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It'll be a confident team. It'll be a team that's that has an understanding and and is maybe better prepared than they were a year ago, but also is is sort of built to take on the next challenge. Hmm. I feel like, and I feel like that's what we're we're witnessing. I feel like it's only two games, two games, so there's not a problem. sample size. But yeah. just am I am am, am I that doing last too night much? Was, no, last night just, was really impressive. Yeah, it felt like yeah. there's just a last different. Night. The the Spurs game was like, all right, they they beat this they beat the Spurs, mm-hmm. okay. Last night's game was impressive, especially I think for uh, I think for everybody, but we think very highly of of the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the entire league, and you could hear it on the broadcast last night. <laughs> that reminds me of Beth Mullins' line. Beth Mullins had a gym. She said the entire league was in a panic when James Harden came to the Clippers and they started 0-7. And I'm like, ma'am, what league was that? Because by entire league, you meant Clipper Daryl and the Clipper fan base. Okay, you're probably right. But to say the entire league was in a panic when when James Harden arrived and they went 0-7, probably a smidge bit of an overstatement. I digress. But the Clippers are very, very good. Mm. And last night's win didn't feel like the uh, beating the Spurs. And to take it a step further, James, I don't think it felt like winning the game before the All-Star break in a game neither team was really locked in for. And then in the final minutes, De'Aaron said, I got this. I'm shutting this party down and we're going home with a win. I thought last night's game was more impressive than both of them. It, it real quick, James. It almost felt like if they would have won the Phoenix game, because it felt like those two were getting after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And yeah, Phoenix got the better of them, and this time around against a Phoenix-like team, yeah, the Kings didn't let that happen. I just was waiting for the like the the switch to be flipped. That's what you're like waiting to see the a Clipper team. switch. No, the Kings. Like, the whole first half, I was waiting to see, like, the gritty, like, team that takes it serious. 
and that's all business. I was waiting first for half it. of the season. The whole first half. Yeah. Like I like oh, we, gotcha. we were waiting and yeah, waiting yeah. and waiting and waiting. And then I think we saw it. Like it was like, oh. Okay. There they are. And so for me, that's why the Denver the Denver win was so was more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, although this one here, like in the standings and everything else, it's tremendous. Mm-hmm. Like, you know just the numbers, what it means to them to still be in the race, but also to leapfrog two or three teams and go from eight where you're really uncomfortable to five where you're like, you might be tied for five and it's going to be a fight the whole season, like all the way down the stretch here. Mm. But you also put yourself in a position like, Hey, Denver's not that far above you now. Mm -hmm. And you got them three Oh on the season with one game left. You still got another game against them. If you can beat them again, you go four Oh, that's, we joke around about going four and oh, but four and oh, pulls you that much it's a whole game that you move up on a team like Denver and you're going to get a Minnesota team that you have an opportunity to climb closer to and I don't know if they can catch any of the teams at the top but I certainly think that it starts by taking care of business against a team that's had your number in the Clippers mm. and sort of shaking that off because you got another game against them yeah. you got to you got to know that you got another game against them you got two more games against Dallas like you got two more games against Minnesota these are teams that you're competing with for playoff seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got two more games against the, uh, against the Lakers. This but, Kings, I know, no, we gotta get it. This Kings team feels confident, and maybe for the first time all year, they feel connected. They're like, "All right, guys, it's that time of year." You can tell by the bench reactions, and just they just feel connected. It, it was a different feeling last night. Yeah, and. They feel like they know what's in front of them right now, and they're ready for it. I'm with you. We'll come back. We'll talk more Kings basketball. We'll talk Kings uh, heat tonight as well uh, with our insider, James Ham of the Insiders. D'Lo and Casey return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, so... One thing, a little snippet, a little snippet. Uh, Kings tonight, Kings Heat tonight on NBA TV. Another national televised game. Mm. Yes, nationally televised. Okay. 
Can I just point out the Kings have really the last two seasons, they've done a great job. They don't embarrass us on national TV. Hmm. They played well damn near every time. The losses that I could think about. They had a they had one rough one. The Pelicans game. Was it, oh, that was the, the Pelicans, Pelicans game in season tournament. That was tough. But other than that, I mean, think about the last two years. We're talking about the Nets game. We're talking about the Knicks game. We're talking about the whole playoffs. We're talking about they lost fairly, I don't want to say convincingly because it ended up being close at the end, but the, the home opener against the Warriors was ESPN. But they beat the hell out of the mm-hmm. Lakers, mm-hmm. beat the hell out of the Clippers. They lost against Phoenix, but that was a good game. They don't embarrass us more times than not on national TV. And I just like to say thank you. You know why? Because they don't play bad teams on national television. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> don't put the Pistons game on there. Well, that's what I mean. Like <laughs> the Pistons don't get a national TV game. The Blazers, James the Myers Rockets. over here. No, I, the I mean that's, that's <laughs> part of it. It's that like most of the other games this season, <laughs> they've been pretty solid. You take out the Pelicans. Sixers game. People point out the Sixers game. That was that was a oh, and rough I think one the too. Celtics too, right? They got they got bombed by the Celtics. That was on on N- I think TV? that was on NBA TV. Oh oh oh! Now was. now NBA TV is not national TV. No, I'm, you said it was on national TV. I said no. Yeah. I, I asked. Yeah, I said yeah. It was oh, on okay. NBA TV. Yeah, I don't yeah know, it's I don't national know. TV. Ace okay. is gonna be watching the game. He don't have league pass. He's gonna be watching the game tonight. Okay. <laughs> All right. Whatever you say. I think that was on NBA TV though. The 76ers one, that was a TNT game? ESPN. ESPN. Yeah, that was bad. Kings aren't ready to win the NBA Finals just yet. They got to get over. <laughs> By the way, talk about great teams. Like, just no one talks about the Celtics. Celtics just keep winning. Beat the hell out of the New York Knicks. The Knicks had beaten the hell out of the Celtics, boy. It would have led every broadcast on, on, on the planet. Celtics just keep winning games. Ain't none to it. I don't know. I don't know what you're looking at. Celtics be all over the place. Okay. Celtics, they they are not. I feel like everyone is dead silent on the Celtics because it's it's like championship or nothing. Well, also there's not a whole lot to talk about. Like they're going to be the one seed in the East. Like their conversation. They not have start. an MVP candidate over there, but no one will crown him as an MVP candidate. I find that really strange. The Tatum isn't. Because when we did like the straw poll uh, with Tim Bontemps on ESPN, like that's my MVP. It's best player, best team. Mm. Like I, I think like when you look at it, if all these other guys are kind of like bunched up together, one team is five games above everyone else in the standings. And sure, does he have other really good players? Okay, but like Jalen Brown is a surefire all-star. Uh, Drew Holiday has made an all-star team or two Porzingis, same thing, but they're not like, it's not just four or five, like straight up all-stars, mm-hmm. just a really, really good all around team. And the best player on that team is Jason Tatum. He's the one that makes everything difficult for everybody else. He's the guy you have to double team all the time that makes these other players, you know, more productive. Wow. I'm surprised he's not mentioned nearly enough. Well, you got, you got the, the Boston guys, the, Simmons and Rosillo's listening to them last night. They were even like, yeah. There's been a lot of stir about Tatum being an MVP. I just don't buy it. So if they're not saying <laughs> it. Anthony says, D'Lo needs to listen to more Bill Simmons if he thinks people are silent in, on the Celtics. No, Celtics uh, as a whole. Uh, Anthony. Yeah. No. 
Celtics I, I always, he find a way. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> but that even even happen. he's like, yeah, no, nah, Tatum ain't no MVP. Like he's fringe top five, but at best, Who, did he have a did he have Jokic. a number? They they oh they spent all right man. a good fifteen minutes just all right loving on Jokic, loving on me. <laughs> That's what they was doing. Four o'clock. We'll be on KSFM with tickets to give away, which we didn't know uh, about five hours ago. That's why you always got to uh, listen. You never know. We always get our jokes off. We get. We've been getting our jokes off all day about the the the, the Warriors flagship station down south. Meanwhile, for like the fourth straight week, we have a Bay Area concert to announce. <laughs> so tap in with Dilo and KC beginning at four o'clock. Also, got the pregame show, the Purple and Black pregame That's show, right. airing at That's four right. o'clock. Seven more uh, national TV games. Apparently before we go to college basketball. Seven mm. seven more for the season. Okay. All right. Well. It's always good. That never uh, gets lost. Tonight now. counts one as yeah. one, according to some people. So go get the win tonight. Yeah. Never gets lost on me. That's, that's part of the reason why I didn't change the channel last night. I still like to see these guys on, on, the, on, the, on the national stage, man. Like to see, even if they do sound clueless. Well, like Andrew did. sounds clueless sometimes no. when she talks. About That's fine. I still want to, still want to see them on that. I, I haven't gotten. Shout there out yet. to Perk though. Perk rides for the Kings so oh, hard. Perk keeps it a stack. Perk, Perk ride rides for the Sacramento Kings so tough. They're talking about something unrelated to nothing, <laughs> and, and he brought up Demontis Sabonis. <laughs> oh, like I love Perk. He, go, he said something about when when the Lakers they're trying to get ready for the playoffs and. You know, and and the Timberwolves and all, but you know who is ready for the playoffs? Demontis Sabonis. I was like, oh my god! Right just there. went up back off to something else. Like, it didn't even expand on the point. He, he just <laughs> dropped in a Demontis Sabonis is ready reference. Oh yeah, Park is our guy. Can't get him on the show, but that's our guy. Uh, we talked earlier about defense hammer being kind of the the the. Um, uh, the lead car for the Sacramento Kings last night beating the Clippers. De'Aaron obviously deserves a ton of recognition for what he did defensively and offensively last night. I think De'Aaron deserves all NBA nods, all NBA defensive nods for what he's done defensively this entire season. Man, I thought Harrison was terrific last night, James. Yeah, I mean. Defensively, like obviously you get 22 points from Harrison, that's terrific. I thought he was really good defensively last night. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's got to remember they're they don't have when they don't have Paul George it makes it makes it slightly easier you're not all your focus can't go to like one or two guys and you're not dealing with like a really bad matchup problem which Paul George usually is for this team it also allows you to shift Keegan over and have him defend Kawhi Leonard for long stretches you're you're sort of you don't have to split and divide these guys and so that's a good thing um, but, you know, I, I don't know. Harrison Barnes, he seems to be coming around, like, his entire game. Like, over his last 15, he's been really good. He's at almost, like, 17 points a game. And he's had some some stinker games, but they usually correspond with Keegan Murray having a huge game. Either one or the other is having a really big night. So, defensively, you know, he can be effective. It just depends on the matchup. Like, I don't think he can be super, super impactful against, you know, like Kawhi Leonard for 38 minutes or Brandon Ingram or name that long athletic guy who's going to get up in the air and cause you problems. But 
I also think that he's starting to get back to who he was on the offensive end where he's taking guys off the dribble. He's using his physicality to get to the rim. He's hitting the the three when he's got a shot. And I think that that's feeding his overall involvement in the game. The worst thing you can do with an NBA player is just shut him out, leave him out in the cold, and have him be in the starting lineup playing 30 minutes but taking two shots in a game. That's just the worst thing that you can do because you, you disengage them. Mm-hmm. It gets really hard for someone who's been a scorer their entire life to go out there and like give it their all like every single uh, second of the of the game and to stay focused when you're not rewarding them at all. And I, I think that that's where the Kings have really kind of found found Harrison Barnes again. He's played really well as of late and last night specifically. Defensively, did a good job. I think he got the uh, defensive player of the game mm-hmm. award for the Kings, mm-hmm. um, and, and I loved it. I, th- I thought he deserved it. The shot making yesterday. There was a, a moment, I think, when the game in the fourth quarter, maybe it was third quarter, it felt like it was getting closer and closer. Maybe it got into eight, swung it in the corner to Harrison, just rips the net with a three, one of his four on the night. And I just think this team is so different. You talked about their offensive rating and everything that's going on. Tell me what you think. I said earlier, this team can be maybe the most explosive team in the conference when they have their their game going offensively. And it's not even being like, oh, Harrison's putting up 22 a night or anything like that. Harrison is giving you that 13 to 15. If Kevin Herter's giving you that 13 to 15, Keegan also, you know, a 13 to 15. Then you got Fox Sabonis doing what they do, Malik Monk coming off the bench. They didn't even – they took a quarter off damn near last night and got 123 because everybody was playing well. That's just what they're able to do. I think when they're clicking, and this is something that is going to be dangerous, I think, if they can get into the postseason, is when they're clicking, they may be the most explosive team in the Western Conference on the offensive end of the ball. I mean, it's possible. They're they're certainly one of the more versatile, like offensively. Mm. And, and that's something that, you know, even – you know, I, I think Denver at times struggles with, like they don't have the overall versatility or, or like a Lakers team, you don't fear them as much. I, I would have a hard time thinking that, you know, a team that has Kawhi and Paul George and all this stuff, like that team has so many weapons and they're tough. Um, but yeah, I, I get where you're, I, I get where you're going there. Yeah. They, I mean, that's how the Kings are built. They're, they're built as a team where you have to defend everyone, mm-hmm. right? You can't leave anybody. They're not built like so many other teams that have like one or two players that you can just leave alone. And so, you know, like uh, you've got to keep Rudy Gobert out of the pick and roll and off the rim, but Mm -hmm. you don't have to defend him in the same way. You don't, he's not taking you outside and he's not taking you off the dribble. He's not shooting a three point shot. You know, the same thing goes for Jade McDaniels. He's not doing a lot of that stuff either. He can bust you up, but most of their scoring comes from a few things. So I think that's where the Kings, I don't know, they're like an equal opportunity offense. And sometimes that's more difficult to, to defend than having Luka and Kyrie going at you. Because then if it's Luka and Kyrie, you just double team whoever has the ball. You just double team them the whole time. Get the ball out of their hands or force them into tough shots. Same thing we've seen with uh, with Phoenix. Mm-hmm. You know, when, um, when you see uh, KD and, and Booker going, then you just start throwing double teams at them the whole time, 
And you make Josh Kogi, you make, you know, all these other secondary guys beat you. And if they beat you, then okay, that's fine. But like those guys have to have an exceptional night to beat you yeah. if if you're playing defense the right way. Yeah. Let me mention one other stat we I don't think we've touched on one time today. De'Aaron was nine of ten from the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like James was ten of ten. Yeah. Like and that that was, you know, Harden goes to the foul line and makes you pay for it. De'Aaron was nine of ten from the foul line. Yeah. After uh all right. <laughs> no, all no. Right. Finish I, it, man, because I'm nah. thinking the same thing. That's why it was heavily discussed on the broadcast that the Kings and De'Aaron Fox can't hit free throws. It was. So De'Aaron went out there and went 9 of 10, and um, the Sacramento Kings shot 81 They were point. literally like, yeah, free throws. Well, let's see if he gets this one. Oh, oh, he got it. Okay. Oh, that one looked good. Yeah, he shot 90% from the line. Yeah. We asked Mike Brown, did something happen? Is something wrong? Exactly. No. Oh, or the other, was, the other line no. was... I don't know how many times I've seen a guy score thirty three without without hitting a three. <laughs> that was oh, thrown in there. Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. Oh man, Bob Myers is that, not going to like this episode of D Lo and KC, and we didn't like his episode of that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wants a cushier broadcast. He knows where to find it. <laughs> Home of the Warriors. The flagship. Flagship. Kings had some pretty amazing numbers last night. Shot damn near 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 81% mm. uh, from the free throw line. 29 assists for the Sacramento Kings. 10 steals mm. uh, and one block shot from the rim protector, Keegan Murray. Mm. <laughs> that was a nasty little block he had on the same nice. too. Yeah, like that was that. nice. I think it's nice. interesting like not to not to give them any any ground to stand on, but... I hadn't realized how bad Fox had had been at the line coming into last night's game where he goes nine of ten. Over his previous eleven games, he was shooting fifty nine percent from from the line. Mm. Pretty pretty stunning. Like I yeah, I'm not saying Bob was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> saying he didn't have to be so damn dramatic about it. Yeah, it was dramatic. Well, it's the Miami Heat. Well. A version yeah. of the Miami Heat Miami tonight. Heat-ish. We know Rozier is out. He was tough against Sacramento last time. Josh Richardson is out. He was tough against Sacramento last time. Jimmy Butler is out. Uh, Tyler Hero is out. Um, this is a really unique game for Sacramento. They fought last night, but you mentioned, KC, the Phoenix game. Mm-hmm. Last night's game didn't feel like the Phoenix game to me. Mm-hmm. I felt like the Kings had a pretty good, this might be a bit of a, over, a pretty good amount of control of that game last night. Mm-hmm. You know, the game got within five with uh, six minutes to go, six and some change, and Malik scored the next five when said announcer was wondering where the scoring was going to come from. Malik went out there, got five straight points, and the Kings got rolling offensively again. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I this is a this th- that that doesn't feel like a difficult. Easy for me to say. Difficult first night of a back-to-back. Hmm. They had good control of that game. Wasn't a additional contest that came to Wasn't a Dame Lillard at the buzzer type shot. Hey, y'all did. You guys had to play. Y'all got y'all, y'all went out there. You know, stood on business. Now you got to come back and play whatever version of this Miami Heat team who was coming in and much like that Memphis Grizzlies team from a few weeks ago. They got nothing to lose. 
They're not expected to win. They're just going to go out there. They're going to play very loose. They're going to play very, play very free, and that can't impact the way that you play. I think it was the Memphis game where we saw Malik make the all-time laziest pass in history to Alex Lynn, and I think that got everybody it, my, mm. you know, fired up. And you can't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that tonight. It's, it's, it's different. We're headed down the, the stretch. Y'all are locked in. Okay, mm-hmm. go be locked in against this. Don't prove Bob Myers right. Right. Yeah, I would agree too. For me, if you look at the way that they they're playing right now, like prove that that's not a one off. Prove that you're building something. Like even the San Antonio, like you can be unhappy that they they barely beat San Antonio. It was a one twenty seven, one twenty two. That's the first game coming out of the All Star break. Like, there's rust. Some guys hadn't played. Mm-hmm. Demontis Sabonis talked about it. He was sick and hadn't touched a ball since the Denver game. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, like, look, if you're going to be this team, you can't, when you have an opportunity to improve yourself and and who you are as a team and get out there, you could look at this as a practice game where, like, we need to be really good. Who cares who's over there? What this means is that you don't have to defend anybody with a double team. In this game, nobody. So just go out there, play really hard, play straight up, but work on your fundamentals, work on your basics, work on your offensive sets, and you should have no problems beating this team. Because all things considered, the talent level between the two teams that will be on the floor tonight isn't even remotely close. So the most talented team doesn't always win, but in this situation, you got to go out there and show it. I agree with you. And you look at this Heat team, and they're just – just by the setup, this this is ripe for a game, much like we talked about yesterday, they were in complete control. Same thing here, but like you mentioned earlier, maintain that 18-point lead. Yeah. Push that 18 to 25. Get the, get the starters a little bit of rest, potentially, if you can get that. Once again, I'm not – guaranteeing a win. I'm just saying if you find yourself in the same scenario as you did last last night when you were up 18, push that to 25 so you can get those guys a rest because there's going to be some some heavy minutes uh, put in in these final 25 games of the season. So anytime you can get you know a little bit of a break, if even if it's a quarter worth of a break, you got to take advantage of it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, this is you're in the middle of three games and four nights. Your starters played heavy minutes last night. Harrison Barnes, uh, Keegan Murray both played 37, I think. Uh, Domanis played 36. Fox played 33, 34. Like, get these guys a little bit of a break. But you know what you got to do first? Just go out there and show that you're ready and that you're there to take care of business. If you do that, you shouldn't have any problem coming out of uh, victorious in this game. I agree. Anybody have confidence that any of those things are going to happen? Not the Kings winning or losing the game. Talking about the Kings getting in a position where you could, we could see Mason Jones play tonight. I got, I got no confidence that it will happen. I think definitely that it could, but it feels like we hadn't seen it all year. I don't so think how we have. I, I can't be that confident when we, we hadn't even seen it. So maybe if they do it tonight, the next time in, their situ- this, in this situation, mm-hmm. I can have a little more confidence that I've seen them do it you know, against a shorthanded Miami team, but I haven't really seen it this year. Yeah, but how big would it be to come out of this game with a four-game winning streak heading out on the road oh, against yeah. Denver and Minnesota? Yeah, it'd be big time. Like, this is it. This is yep. a moment that you need. This is a moment you've been waiting for where you build some 
momentum and yep. you start looking at a bigger picture and you start, you know, getting back in a race, not only would you in this situation like remain as a number five seed, but you'd have the potential to get some some space if someone behind you lost. Like go out there and, and, and play your game and 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 don't overlook an opponent. That's it. Like don't overlook an opponent. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent the one. Just have a little fun with me guys here. Kings seven and a half point favorites. Do yeah. Hmm. I say yes. I say so yes. When they too. played, when they played Detroit or somebody, it was like fourteen. I, that made me nervous. Seven and a half doesn't make me as nervous. I think they cover that one. I think they cover. Yeah. I mean, I, this is like if this is who you want to be, then go do it. Go show it to us. Go prove it. Yeah. If this isn't, if yesterday isn't who you are, we'll know it today. Damien. And it's. Do they cover? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're all in agreement. But this would be the ups and downs of the Sacramento the, Kings season, this boy. Would be, this would be the yeah, epitome of the yeah. ups and downs of the Sacramento Kings season. Yeah. This would be the new Detroit. Oh. <laughs> this would be the new Detroit. Oh, that, man. That Bob geez. references the next time he calls the Kings game. <laughs> How many more did you say? Seven? Seven. I think two of them. I, are bet, I bet Bob got Ooh. one. Where the hell is Mark? How do we not have Mark last night? He called the game right before. Yeah. Why? Who's, who, well, who decided that? It's probably the, the more high-profile game. I don't know. We're going to see a lot of Mark in the second half. No, we I definitely are. But could have had Mark on one channel, Kyle on the other. That would have been the dream team. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, man. I'm with you. We did get Mark and Richard Jefferson once, right? We did. Yeah, I remember that. Mark we got, had to we tell him off. Yeah, he did. <laughs> He did. Should have told him how to dress, too. If there's anybody who's going to teach you how to dress, like Mark Jones could do it. Come on, Rich. Tighten your game up, bro. All right. We got the uh, Purple and Black pregame show coming up next here. If you want more Kings coverage, stick around for that. College basketball shortly thereafter. We're headed to 102.5 to make an announcement of a massive ticket giveaway over the course of the next two hours. Tune in for that. And then... We'll see everyone back here. That's right. Tomorrow at 10 a.m., beginning with the Insiders on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Vamos, Kings, light the beam. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.